This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. I want to read a uh, familiar passage of scripture to you, uh, one that you've read probably or heard read every Christmas season, um, and we're not going to skip over it this year, but I wanted to use it just to talk briefly with you, uh, just for a few moments. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, the familiar story of Christmas there in Bethlehem, and in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock, and then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And here's what it is. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. So I watched the news uh, Wednesday two weeks ago as we all were captivated and and grief-stricken, shocked. Uh, As we saw the news coming from San Bernardino, California, uh, the thought that remained, that came to my mind and stayed there in my mind was this. You know, only Jesus can fix what's broken in our country and in our world. We had seen it played out just a few weeks earlier in Paris, and the same thought was in my mind. God, the only hope for this world is is Jesus Christ. But then the next day, uh, the next morning, was this headline uh, coming from from the New York Daily News, and it said to me this, God isn't fixing this. And I had some thoughts about that. I want to share just a couple of them with you. Uh, but, but that was a response to the fact that several presidential nominees in the aftermath of what was happening in San Bernardino's, we were all kind of watching the news and, and God, what in the world is going on? Several candidates had called our nation to pray, just like we had done before with Paris. Well, let's pray. Let's pray for the victims' families. Let's pray for those in the hospitals. Let's pray that that something can be done to stop this kind of thing. But the New York Daily News called their words meaningless platitudes, asking people to pray. doesn't mean anything. Because in their estimation, hey, apparently it's not working. God's not doing anything. And so instead of asking people to pray, they suggested the solution to stop such killings is to create some new laws. And yet our thousands and thousands of years of humanity on this earth, if it's taught us one thing, we ought to understand that, we, that it's taught us it proves this point. We have always had laws Yet we continue to have violence. Even the Bible admits that. No one less than God himself gave laws to humanity. We're we're most familiar probably with, with 10 of them called the Ten Commandments. And yet everyone in this room, 
and everyone outside of this room, anyone in this world, wherever they live, everybody in the world has broken at least some of them. I have, you have as well. You see, laws are not what our nation needs most because laws cannot fix what's broken in the human spirit. Laws don't do that. The Daily News, I guess, really doesn't understand Christmas. God knew when he gave those 10 laws, he knew these laws that I'm giving, these, and as great as those laws were, and they're wonderful to live by, God knew that those laws don't have the power to change the brokenness that all of us innately possess. We're all broken. They weren't given, these laws weren't given to fix any problems. Really, they were given to show us so we understood, because a lot of times we don't want to think we're broken. I'm okay. You ever say that to people when you know they're going through a difficult situation? How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. And you want to say to them, no, you're not. Because you know they're not. You know something's broken in their lives, a relationship. Something's broken, a career, a job, whatever it might be. No, you're not okay because we're broken. The law was given to show us our brokenness. Instead, God had a plan, not trying to fix us with law. God had a plan to make it possible for you and me and everyone who's ever lived who will accept his plan because he does have a plan to be fixed. When I was 12, 12 or 13, I remember the story so well. Uh, we were riding uh, down, we were, we were in, in a Quantico Marine Base. I remember that. My dad, my dad is a Marine. I did not say my dad was a Marine. My dad's 79 years old and still a Marine. Uh, but we were a Marine Corps family traveling, and we're on Quantico Marine Base. For, I don't remember what it was for. I told the first gathering it wasn't really true, and they laugh. I said I'm, I was starting my FBI training that day, but that's not what it was. But we were there, and we were coming out from wherever we had gone, doctor or something, and, and we heard this noise coming from the rear end of our 1964 Ford Falcon. Did you ever ride in a car like that? Let me tell you what. That's the best car Ford ever made. And some of you say, that's exactly the truth. What a great car. We were riding in that car, and uh, man, it looked just like that. And, and we heard this noise coming from the rear end, and, and mom was driving, and the, us kids were in the car, and she pulled off the road because said, hmm, this doesn't sound good. And she got out of the car, and I got, being I was the, the man of the car at the moment, 12 or 13, I got out of the car with her, and we both went around and looked, and I got down on the ground and looked, and the muffler and the tailpipe had fallen. Whatever clamps and things were holding that to the frame had apparently rusted, and it dropped. And that's what we heard dragging behind us as we're going down the road. Well, Mom said, well, I can't, you know, can't, we've got to do something. Can't drive like that. We need to do something so we can get it to a mechanic and what have you. And, and uh, you've got a carload of kids and and I said, you know what, Mom, Let, hang on just a second. And I remember that inside the car, all of you who have children understand what I'm about to say. But when you have children and you have a car, there's always plenty of stuff on the floorboard of the car. 
you know. And I remember that on the floorboard of that car that day, I remember seeing one of my little brothers had a, a, a gun and holster, cowboy gun and holster set, cap gun, you remember those? And he had a cowboy gun and holster set, and, uh, and there was a belt. And I said, hang on a second. I went in there, and I pulled the belt out of the holster, and I brought it back. I crawled underneath the car, laid on my back, reached that thing up over, got it through, and then underneath the muffler, put it through the, the buckle, tightened it up, raised the muffler up, tightened the, bu- the belt buckle, put the thing in the, in the hole in the belt and tightened it up so it stayed and it stayed up there and our car was fixed. I did that as a 12-year-old boy and my mom, I know, she didn't say this, but I know what she was thinking. My son is a genius. <laughs> we knew it was just a temporary fix. Eventually, that belt, if it stayed on there, that belt would rot or it would burn, and the dragging on the road would would just resume. But uh, uh, until my parents could get the car into the shop, it was fixed. What it needed really was a new muffler. There are plenty of other fixes. I'm thinking about fixes, you know, for the human brokenness in the human life and the human spirit. There are a lot of things that we try these days to fix what's broken. We will buy self-help books 12-step programs, we'll go to religion, we'll try yoga. Stricter laws, maybe that'll do the job, but none of them can fix anything permanently. They're temporary at best, and you have to keep on doing those things to keep the fix they offer going. That's what Christmas is all about. God sent his son Jesus to make a way. He said the only way. For you and I, listen, to trade in our broken, rusty muffler and tailpipe, to trade in our broken lives, and we're all broken. Now, now please understand, we're, all not, we're not all broken in the same ways. We're not all broken maybe to the extent of some other people that they're broken, but please don't let any of us sit here smugly and say, again, I'm okay, because we're not. We're all broken. And that's why Jesus came, came to fix whatever it is that's broken in your life and what's in my life. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to trade in what is broken in our lives and exchange it to him so he might give us his life, which is perfect. One of the results of Jesus coming into the world that night when the shepherds saw and heard the angels over the skies over the hills outside the town of Bethlehem was what those angels told them. Remember what they told them? They said, peace on earth. And when we like those words, we put those on Christmas cards and, and everything else, peace on, and have them in, in lights and whatever at Christmas time, peace on earth. Well, and I want to say, as so many people want to say, okay, okay, God, you said peace on earth and that was 2,000 years ago and you promised peace on earth. And frankly, as I look at the earth right now, it's not very peaceful. In fact, today it seems like it's in worse shape than it's ever been before. Where's the peace? So was that an empty promise? The answer is no. Let me explain that for a moment. Listen very closely. The promise was made, if you remember that scripture we read at the beginning, the promise was made to people to whom God gives his favor. God gives his grace is the word there. The most familiar translations, the one I'm, you know, I grew up with, King James Bible, says, says peace on earth to men of goodwill. 
But that sounds like, okay, if there's going to be peace on earth, it's up to me to make it happen. Like if you're a Boy Scout, and I was a Boy Scout at one time, like if you're a Boy Scout, you do what Boy Scouts are supposed to do, and Boy Scouts are supposed to do a good deed daily. So if I do a good deed daily, and I can get everybody in this room to do a good deed daily, and everybody in this community, and everybody in this world to do one good thing every day, maybe there will be peace on earth. And the answer is no. We can't win, we can't be fixed, or we can't have that peace by doing good. And you know why? Because we're not good enough. None of us. Instead, the angel's proclamation of peace is available to men and women and boys and girls who will accept his grace in giving us what we don't possess and fixing what we cannot fix. Best of all, because it's grace, and the word grace means it's a gift, that means it's free. It's not like God at Christmas uh, in Bethlehem took this blanket that said peace on earth and he threw it over the whole world and then like a hippie went like this. That's not what this peace is all about. It's a peace that changes mankind. Listen, one person at a time, when we embrace the Savior who came to Bethlehem as a baby and then as a man died on a cross to pay for our brokenness, and to give us the peace, which is the fix that only he can bring. Here we are, December 2015. One more Christmas time, one more season, one more opportunity at Nags Head Church that we have to share these words with you. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. And I want to just say to you this, and and there are a lot of folks in here that I know and a lot that I don't know, and this may be your first time, and you may have been here every Sunday for the last 15 years. Makes no difference if you have never accepted that favor that God extends, that grace. God says, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to give you something you can't get on your own. I'm going to offer to fix what's broken in your life because you cannot fix it, and nothing else in this world can. If you've never accepted that grace for yourself, I want to invite you to do something. I want you to accept his gift right now. Just say, Lord, you've given me this favor. You've offered me this favor. Right now, I want to embrace Christ as my savior. I want to accept that grace, that favor. And if you're willing to do that today, there's no song and there's no dance that you have to do, but I would like to hear about it. And if I can sit with you and talk with you and maybe explain things better, we haven't had much time, I'd like like to do that too. But if you'll just simply take one of those communication cards out that are in the back of the chair near you and, and during this next song, if you'll fill it out and on the back, check it off the box on the top that says, I'm accepting Christ as my savior and leave that with me. And if you'll give me your contact information, I'd be glad to call you and talk with you privately. You can... I'll be hanging out up here when we're done. I'd love for you to just bring it up to me and say, today, I accepted God's grace. Today, God has fixed me. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we go way back to Bethlehem, and we do this every year, and it's important that we do, I think, that we remember and we celebrate 
the greatest gift that was ever given to humanity, and that is the gift in your son, Jesus, because he came to die so that we might be fixed. And because of our sin, we're broken. And he came to say, I can take that away. So I pray, Father, that you would now help us to grasp that and celebrate that as best we can with all our hearts. Give us something even greater this year than ever before about which to rejoice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.